Hi there, dear listener. Lazlo here with a quick pre-roll message for you. Before we get started, I want to let you know there are all kinds of convenient ways for you to support my efforts to bring you all these podcast shows on Chinese history, Chinese sayings, and tea history. If you go to my website at teacup.media and click the support button at the top, you'll find a bunch of ways to show some appreciation. There's Patreon, where you can get early access to new episodes, exclusive content, and an invite to the Teacup Media Discord channel, and more. CHP Premium, that also has early access, exclusive episodes, and ad-free versions of the entire CHP back catalog. Plus, there's several other ways to donate to the show as well. Check the episode show notes for a link to that very page. And my deepest thanks for listening and supporting me and my humble efforts. Greetings once again, everyone. Laszlo Montgomery here with the season four finale. A good one for you from the Eastern Han Dynasty featuring a scoundrel we mentioned back in a CHP episode, number 267, if my memory serves me well. That was part one of that six-part series on the eunuchs in Chinese history. Today's Chengyu doesn't feature any eunuchs, but it does star someone who played a significant role in letting them in the back door and consequently bringing down this once great dynasty. Our Chinese saying this time is Fu Di You Yu. I've also seen it written as Fu Zhong You Yu, but most sources go with the Fu Di You Yu version. And as we always do, and for very good reason too, I might add, let's break down these four characters and see if we can guess that meaning behind today's featured Cheng Yu. Fu Di You Yu. A fu is an archaic name of a kind of cooking pot or cauldron. Di means at the bottom of. Fu di, at the bottom of the cauldron or cooking pot. Yo means to swim, among other usages. And the last character, yu, is a fish. Now this one is guessable. Cauldron, bottom, swimming fish. Sounds like some sort of a precarious situation. But exactly how precarious and what the situation is, unless you keep a copy of the Hohan Shu, the Book of Later Han, on your bedside table and are familiar with the chapter entitled Zhao Gang Zhuan, chances are you don't know for sure. So, the Book of Later Han, like all these official histories of the dynasties, was written after the fact, this one in the 5th century during the Liu Song dynasty. But the actual story itself, from which we get today's Chinese saying, comes from the Eastern Han, and stars one of those model officials known for his honesty, integrity, sincerity, and decency. And his name was Zhang Gang. He was the eldest son from a very well-established family, and despite the privileged world he came from, Zhang Gang lived a simple and unpretentious lifestyle. He had the misfortune to have lived during a time when the Eastern Han was on its way to extinction, during the reign of the young Emperor Shun. This was one of those emperors who left the job of running China to others. His empress was named Liang Na. Now, she wasn't so bad, but her brother was, and she allowed him to grab hold of the reins of power, and he ended up doing all kinds of terrible things that adjusted the trajectory of the Eastern Han, to a more downward slant. And thanks to the Empress's brother, in no time at all, 
Emperor Xun's imperial court was filled with the most evil, corrupt, self-serving officials. And eunuchs ran amok everywhere, making matters much worse. So bad did it become that one day, Chang Gang exclaimed, The royal court is filled with wicked, black-hearted men. If I am not allowed to dedicate myself to ridding the country of evil, my life is not worth living. So in the year 142, at the tail end of Emperor Xun's reign, the imperial court appointed eight emissaries to travel and report on local affairs within the country. Most of these emissaries were famous, noble men, experienced and in high positions in the government. Chang Gang among them. Only Chang Gang, unlike the others, was relatively young and not as high-ranking. Each of the emissaries traveled to their assigned post, except for Zhang Gang, who remained in the capital, Luoyang, and refused to travel to his assigned region of the country. He said, When the imperial court itself is filled with people as vicious, wicked, and violent as wolves, why bother checking on common people, who are only as duplicitous, sly, and cunning as foxes? The report which Zhang Gang sent back to the emperor contained a tirade that mostly pointed a finger at the empress's brother, an imperial general of great power named Liang Qi. In that eunuchs part one episode, I mentioned Liang Qi. Zhang Gang boldly declared that the great general Liang Qi has received countless benefits from the imperial court. However, he is wanton and unfit. Really, he should not be shown any mercy and should in fact be given the death penalty. Here are 15 things he has done, which prove that he is not virtuous at all. So then he proceeded to enumerate the more than a dozen wicked and evil acts that Liang Ji had carried out or called for. This report shocked the entire capital city. Liang Ji was, by this time, the most powerful person in all of China. Not to mention his sister was the empress. Furthermore, Liang Ji's relatives filled the imperial court. Emperor Xun knew all of this to be true, but he dared not do anything. And for Zhang Gang's honest report, the emperor ignored him. And this put Zhang Gang in the crosshairs of Liang Qi. Meanwhile, down in Jiangsu province, in a part of Yangzhou called Guangling, there lived a bandit leader named Zhang Ying, no relation to Zhang Gang. And this bandit leader had more than 10,000 men who had been terrorizing those rich lands for more than a decade. Several attempts had been made to get rid of him, but Zhang Ying could not be beat, and his soldiers and fellow bandits operated with impunity in this land. Liang Qi saw an opportunity here and concocted a plan to deal with his accuser, Zhang Gang. He used his evil ways to arrange for Zhang Gang to be appointed the prefect of this seemingly ungovernable and dangerous area. Formerly, Officials appointed to this prefecture had always requested heavy military reinforcements from the capital. So unruly and violent was this place, Guangling. But not Zhang Gang. He set off with only the lightest military retinue. Once he reached his post in this part of Jiangsu, on the north bank of the Yangtze River, opposite the city of Zhenjiang, he took with him ten or so soldiers and went directly to the feared bandit leader Zhang Ying's fortress. And he announced himself and sought an audience with Zhang Ying in order to appease him and demonstrate the imperial court's mercy and virtue. 
when he stood before Zhang Ying, he did not show any fear. He earnestly said to him, The previous prefects who were sent down to deal with you were mostly greedy, violent, and cruel, and tried to force you and your men to band together out of anger to defend yourselves. This was wrong on their part. But your actions, Zhang Ying, have also been wrong. Now the emperor is kind and just and wishes to convince you and your men to lead upright lives through mercy and virtue. And he has sent me here not to punish you with harsh sentences, but to bring you honor through rewards and positions. Now is truly a good time to turn your sorrows into joy. If you do not take this opportunity of imperial mercy, the emperor, in his anger, might send an entire army to do away with you. And then he went on to say, To be unable to correctly assess the strength and weakness of each side involved, that is foolishness. To perform terrible and vicious deeds in the name of truth and beauty, that is stupidity. To give up virtuous obedience for rebellious unruliness, that is bad faith. To risk the lives of your own sons and grandsons, that is unfilial. To stray from the path of goodness in order to follow wicked ways, that is unrighteous. To understand right but still do wrong, that is cowardly. These six aspects must guide the course of your future and whether you will come to good or ill. I hope you will consider what I have said. Zhang Ying was profoundly moved by these words and began to weep. And he said to Zhang Gang, We, your humble servants, far removed from the imperial court, have no way of making our grievances heard by the emperor. Unable to bear the oppressions of the corrupt officials appointed to serve here, we banded together out of necessity and have been scraping a living like this ever since. And here is where we get the saying, Fu Di, Yo Yu, when the bandit leader Zhang Ying continues, our actions were those of a fish swimming in a cooking pot, desperate for a few last gasps of air. Meaning he said his people were a fu di you yu. And then Zhang Ying finished off by saying, Now your words have given me hope for a new life. But now that I have fallen into wicked ways, I worry that we will be ambushed and caught on the day of our surrender. Zhang Gang reassured him on this and swore upon the longevity of heaven and earth and the purity of the sun and moon that Zhang Ying had nothing to be afraid of. Upon hearing these reassuring words, Zhang Ying was extremely thankful, and after bowing to each other, Zhang Gang returned with his men to his camp. The next day, Zhang Ying brought with him 10,000 men and their wives all with their hands voluntarily tied behind their backs, symbolically surrendering and submitting to Zhang Gang. After words were exchanged, Zhang Gang threw a feast for Zhang Ying and his men at their fortress. And afterwards, Zhang Ying's gang was disbanded, and all the former ruffians who followed him went wherever they wished. In fact, Zhang Gang took it upon himself to look after these now unemployed bandits, granting them land and houses. Those of the bandits who wished to become officials were sure to find letters of recommendation from Zhang Gang. Following this, everyone was happy, and this area at last became peaceful and prosperous. When word reached Emperor Shun 
He at once wished to reward Chang Gang for a job well done. But Liang Chi wouldn't have it, and prevented the emperor from showing any kindness or gratitude to Chang Gang. Instead, the emperor decided to promote Chang Gang and send him to a different area. But upon hearing this, the now former bandit leader Zhang Ying, as well as his followers, they pleaded with the emperor that he allow Zhang Gang to remain as the official in charge of their prefect. And so, Emperor Xun granted this request. But only after a year at his post, Zhang Gang died at the age of 46. Countless people, old and young, showed up at his residence to pay their respects. Ever since Zhang Gang had fallen ill, all the people of his prefecture had prayed for him, saying, May he live ten thousand years, for when will we come upon such a prefect as this again? Zhang Ying and five hundred of his followers dressed themselves in mourning clothes and followed the carriage with Zhang Gang's coffin all the way to his burial place in Qianwei, south of Chengdu in Sichuan province, where they themselves helped to bury him. Thereupon, the emperor passed an imperial edict that said, The late prefect of Guangling, Zhang Gang, set an example to everyone by his own virtue. By his teachings of honesty and goodness, he pacified the 10,000 people under the great bandit Zhang Ying and turned them from evil to good. He calmed the battles and rescued the suffering commoners. But before we were able to promote him, he passed away in his prime. We send our sincere condolences to Zhang Ying and all of those who are mourning Zhang Gang like they would their own father and mother. Then the emperor appointed Zhang Gang's son, Zhang Xu, to one of the highest positions in the imperial court and rewarded him as well with riches paid in silver. So, a happy ending, despite the odds. As for Liang Qi, well... If you recall, he was the most powerful force in China from 141 to 159. And what a textbook bad guy from Chinese history. He had innocent people killed, ruled through puppet emperors, ruined careers and lives of just and able citizens. He had them all in spades. Anyway, when he killed himself, aside from his relatives who profited from him, not too many tears were shed. And pretty much thanks to this guy, the Eastern Han Dynasty fell into an irreversible tailspin and would only last for 60 more years. And that's being generous. Okay, Laszlo Montgomery signing off. A big thanks goes out to Emma and the CSP Cheng Yu Yanqiu Zhongxin leading the whole group out there. That's it for Season 4. A big thanks to all of you for listening and making the CSP one of the top-rated Cheng-Yu-related history shows out there. Don't forget to visit the website at teacup.media. Connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. Take care, everyone.